Welcome to Momentum Christian Ministries PDI Podcast, your spiritual altitude for personal success. Pastor David Ings is teaching from the Word of God. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, Jesus says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Let's love God with our minds now through the Holy Scriptures. God bless you. This is Pastor David Ings. Welcome to our PDI podcast. This is our fourth uh, teaching on Smarter Than Harder, Smarter Than Harder series. Our foundation scripture is Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10. It says, if the axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength. But wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. Okay? Um, And our school of thought here is that we can waste a lot of time not giving God audience. We can waste a lot of time not allowing the Word of God, not allowing the fellowship and all the things that God has provided for us to help make us better. We can spend a lot of time imagining and and trying to what we call establishing our own righteousness. Now, to establish your own righteousness means that you are doing things based upon what makes you feel good and what you reasonably see as acceptable to yourself apart from Bible Scripture. See, Bible Scripture has to become the guiding line. It has to become the plumb line, if you will with how we measure decisions that we make in our life, how we measure how we live, how we measure our convictions. It's smarter to do that because, see, as the scripture implies here, if the ax is dull and and we correlate that to being uh, our hearing and our senses and our understanding of God's word can be dull, like Jesus mentioned in the Gospels, he talked about the Pharisees and the hypocrites or what have you. He told them that they were dull of hearing, dull of hearing. In other words, they, 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 didn't, they didn't understand what Jesus was saying because they didn't want to understand. It's like listening to music. To a musician, he can hear various instruments in, in, in a composition where if you are not a musician and you have no appreciation for a particular genre of music, then you won't be able to distinguish between the instruments that are being played. But a true musician can tell the difference between a a, a clarinet and a violin. All right? So, uh, again, the scripture, if the axe is dull and he does not sharpen the edge. Now, sharpening the edge is liking to um, gaining more and more understanding of God's word, sharpening your your, your spiritual senses by hearing. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. Okay? So sharpening the edge, okay, we're correlating this whole passage of Scripture to how we apply the Word of God to our lives so that we could do things better, smarter than harder. Um, it's harder to try to establish your own righteousness because you're always trying to approve things that are above the word of God. 
contrary to the word of God. And that becomes pretty frustrating because once you do that, once you go down that path, you don't have you don't have the peace of God. You don't have the protection of God. You don't have the provision of God. And neither do you have the presence of God. Those four Ps. When you are in the perfect will of God, one of the ways you can determine if, in fact, you are in God's perfect will. And I know that becomes a big thing for us to try to understand and to grasp and to realize in our Christian walk. That is being in the will of God. We make a lot of moves, whether it's from church house to church house, from ministry to ministry, trying to be in God's perfect will. Well, one of the ways to identify if, in fact, you are in the perfect will of God is through these four Ps. Do you have the peace of God, the presence of God, the protection of God, and the presence of God? These four things are important. Number one, if you, if you have the, uh, the peace of God, that if, if what you're doing really racks your brain in so much where you're discouraged or, 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 or rather, you know, in other words, we often say the enemy should not just be able to run roughshod o- over your life and, and, and cause you to be in terror and in fear where there's no peace there at all. That's sometimes an indication that you don't have the peace of God. You know, uh, the word scripture says that his peace passes understanding. The psalmist said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I should fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. So we can be in dark places and even in dark times, but yet we should still experience the peace of God when we are, in fact, in his will. The presence of God is, 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 is realized with, with his provision. Whatever it is you're doing, if, if, if there's great provision being made, that's, that's an indicator often. If there's no provision and there's just no, no way to make ends meet and, you know, and it just seems like it's just everything is falling apart over and over. And I'm not talking about a trial of your faith. That's, I know it's a fine line, but I'm not talking about that. If there just seems like there's just no way to make ends meet, and what have you, there, there, there's a possibility you don't have the provision nor the presence of God, all right? And the protection of God is there. Again, the enemy should not be able to run roughshod all over your life. We give an analogy like this. If a dog is on one side of the fence and he's barking, he wants to have at you. But if you are on the right side of the fence, the dog can't get out. He can bark all he wants. He can bark. He can bark. But if you go on that other other side of the fence and now he's able to have at you and biting and, and, and destroying and, and bringing pain in that sense to your flesh, then it's obvious you're on the wrong side of the fence. And there's times that we can be on the wrong side of the fence when it comes down to the things of God. John 10 and 10, Jesus said, the thief comes not but to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I've come that you may have life and have it more abundant. Believe this, if you are in the will of God, I think it is much smarter to realize the abundance of life that God, that Jesus provides. If you're not experiencing that, then it, 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 it's a possibility. It is a possibility 
that you are working harder in, in your Christian walk than God ever even required you to do. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, not give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He said, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I believe that's Matthew, 20, Matthew 11, 28 and 29 and 30. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So again, sharpening the edge, Ecclesiastes 10 and 10, we're, we're saying now sharpening the edge is, is like sharpening your understanding of the word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept. That requires Bible study. That requires diligence, right? That requires giving God full attention. Every week you should be in Bible school. Every church has two main things. They have the worship experience where we cry out to God. We worship, we sing the songs of Zion. We worship God in our giving. We worship God in the fellowship, hear a word from God. And then we have what we call Bible school, or really we call it Bible study. I use Bible school because that's where you're going to learn the scriptures. You have to allow Christ to be formed in you. And that comes by hearing the word of God, hearing again and again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Okay? So Ecclesiastes 10 and 10, if the axe is dull and he does not sharpen the edge, then he must exert more strength. And a lot of times we're working harder. We have to exert more strength to our to our our day to day as Christians. Where if we would just, um, like the Lord said in, in 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 Matthew's gospel, he said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you." Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first. What does it mean to seek first? That means to acknowledge God first. Put him first. Allow him to have preeminence in your life. Stop putting God on a back burner, which is often what we do. We give God the time that's left over as opposed to carving out the time within the week that belongs to him so that things could be better for us. That's so important. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, not only that, and his righteousness. His righteousness, the definition of righteousness is right standing with God right standing with God. You know the difference between being in right standing with a credit card company. When you're in right standing, you're, you're, in, a, you're in a better position to negotiate or even to ask for a, 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 a credit increase or whatever it is you, you may need from them. If you're in right standing, you've been paying your bills on time or that, that minimum amount due, you've been paying it on time. And so um, you're in a better position to ask for things. And so it is as a child of God. When you are in right standing with God, it gives you, number one, you have the confidence to come before him. And to be in right standing with God requires that you know what he likes. And that's understanding righteousness. Okay. If you don't, then we're, you're exerting more strength because I liken that to trying to do a lot of extra things in the church or trying to gain the uh, the reverend's favor, trying to gain more favor and recognition in the house of God, you know, as if you're in uh, a secular club type 
environment. And so you, you're using uh, natural or, or you're using earthly uh, uh, reasoning, fleshly, carnal reasoning to the fellowship, trying to find yourself within the fellowship. See, but that's not on God's terms because Jesus clearly said in the Gospels, he who finds his life shall lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake in the Gospels shall find it. So it's an emptying of ourselves. Jesus said, any man who comes unto me, let him do what? First, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Denying yourself means is, is denying all of those brutal, brutish dictates of the flesh. Even some things that are just very uh, pleasurable to you, 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 you are more willing to put those things aside that you may gain the excellency of Christ. It's smarter to do that. Because what, what you're doing now, you are sharpening the edge of, of the axe. Sharpening the edge of the axe. I believe the writer of Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those that by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. All right? But sharpening the edge, when you become full age, you know how to use the Word of God. You know how to apply it. You know how to rightly divide the Word of truth. That's where I'm getting at. It's smarter to know how to do that. It's much harder to try to connect the dots by yourself. It's harder trying to connect the spiritual dots the scriptural dots, <laughs> I can use both those words, the spiritual dots and the scriptural dots, it's harder to try to connect those without the Holy Ghost, without the fellowship. That's harder to try to do it that way. It's much easier if you allow the Lord through the reading, through the study of the scriptures to allow Christ to be formed in you. All right, let's finish this. Then he must exert more strength, but wisdom to sharpen the axe helps him succeed with less effort. Jesus said, I came to make it easier for you. That's pretty much what he's saying. The enemy comes to steal, but I came that you may have life and more abundantly. And the scripture goes on to say that God says, I give, I've given you all things freely to enjoy. God just wants you just to seek him first. Give him preeminence. Okay? So on our commentary, we have additional commentary for this series. It says, one of the greatest rewards in the life of a believer is to experience the good hand of God upon your life as a result of being in the perfect will of God, doing what he likes and is asking for. Each iteration of being in the perfect will of God enhances our thoughts to be agreeable with him, thus producing more and more joy and happiness. Don't you want that? Glory to God. It's a transformation from darkness to light. All right. Then we go on to say that the children of Israel journeyed 40 years in the wilderness for what would have been and could have been an 11 day journey because of their unbelief. Unbelief produ uh, produces procrastination and procrastination produces missed opportunities. Missed opportunities produces anxiety towards gaps to succeed in life or to succeed in things in life. 
Now, what does that mean? When we look back over our lives, <laughs> when, we, when, when you know, people say hindsight is twenty twenty, and sometimes we have a midlife crisis when you turn 40, or some people when they turn 30 or turn 50, and you look back and you say, what have I achieved? And sometimes you realize that certain things you feel you should have. I'm 50 years old. I should have this. I should have that or the other thing. And the reality is you don't have those things. And so if you're not careful, we begin to build an anxiety towards those things. And sometimes we could be susceptible to doing something reckless to bring it to pass, whether it's getting married to the wrong person, because uh, as a female, perhaps your biological clock is, and so you could rashly accept, you know, um, get married to someone that you knew was perhaps that wasn't the person you really should have. However, because of your biological clock, you made the decision. It was rash and, you know, the end of that dearth, what that would look like. We had part, there's part one and part two to this outline. Part one, the will of God, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Again, it is smarter to know what God's will is. We don't have to make it up. You don't have to just imagine, you know, and it, it's in the word of God. It's in there. But it, it comes through submitting yourself to the Bible lessons, being in Bible school, being in, being in Bible study. The scripture says, see then that you walk circumspectly. Circumspectly means to be watchful or discreet, cautious, prudent, well-considered. Uh, Roman numeral one, which is the will of God. Smarter than harder, it's important to know, number one, the will of God. And number two, the rest of God. All right. We talked a lot about the will of God. Let's talk about the rest of God, which is in Hebrews chapter four, verses one, two and nine. It says, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Verse two says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. And we said, who is them talking about the Israelites? But the word of God preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith of them that heard it. Faith is important. You can hear the word, but you have to be mixed with faith. You have to believe. Scripture said, he that comes to the Lord must first believe that he exists and that he is God. And verse 9 says, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. The rest that remains for the people of God is an extraordinary provision given to believers who serve God unapologetically. Okay? These are they who do these things. Number one, grow in the, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of God. Number two, remain teachable through humility, submitting to the voice of the Lord through Bible studies, pastoral teaching, and direction. Hebrews 13 Verse 15, 16, and 17. It says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. 
for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Verse 17, Obey them that have rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. If you have a pastor, ideally your pastor is watching over your soul. And the Bible is, the writer of Hebrew is implying here, it is smarter that he be able to do that, he or she would be able to do that uh, with joy as they have to give an account. Every pastor has to give an account for those who labor uh, under him. And it is more profitable for you that they do it with joy and not with grief. Because if they do it with grief, (laughs) the scripture implies that this is unprofitable for you. Smarter than harder, the, the series here is encouraging you to allow the word of God to be formed in you, to allow the word of God to become prominent. Allow the Bible to become the measuring line for everything that you do in life, especially in the work of God. If you want to be in the will of God, you want to be in ministry, or you don't want to be a minister, you just want to live your life as a true believer and be pleasing to God, allow the Word of God to be the measuring line. Don't compare yourself to external things. Sometimes we compare our lives to this one or that one. That can be very dangerous. Jesus is our example, all right? You follow the example of Christ. Follow the example of scriptures. Allow the, the, the life of Christ to be formed in you. You should see a difference in the way that you think in comparison to the way that you used to think. You should be able to see an increase. You should be able to see um, a better you over time. Because we have a lifetime until Christ comes. We have a lifetime to learn more and more and more out of God's word. There remains a rest for the people of God. That means the Lord, he wants to give us things. Just like a loving father desires to give to their children. If they would just go to school, come home with good grades, do what I'm telling you to do. If I tell you to clean up your room, clean up your room. Do the dishes, eat your food, do your homework, go to bed. You know, if you do these things, a loving parent usually is just, dreaming of ways to bless you. Every little thing that you think about that you may want as a child, in the mind of a child, there's certain things they like, whether it's clothing or a new game or whatever it is that they like for entertainment. The parent often desires to give that to them. They don't have to go work for it. They don't have to go out and, 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 and make means for themselves. Their job is to be a student and to be Uh, a loyal and an honorable child or son or daughter. And when you do that, the the blessings and all that the parent can provide, they will provide for you. Now, that's just in an earthly sense, but imagine God, if we do what he says do, if you walk the ways he says walk, if you give attention to Bible scripture, God said, if you just do these things, I'll bless your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for those who would hear this under the sound of my voice. I pray, God, that you would continue, Lord, to strengthen hearts and minds. 
Lord, we want to do things smarter than harder. We want to walk circumspect, not as if we are not in the faith, but we want to walk according to the, the, the calling that you've provided for us. You've called us to a holy calling. You've called us, God, that we may be an example to this unbelieving world. And everywhere we are, God, we want to carry the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to do what you say do. You said, let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works. And in return, it will glorify the Father, which is in heaven. Father, be glorified in us. This is our prayer. We ask in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. God bless you.